This is Adventist World Radio Ghana, Voice of Hope. Dear friend, today's program was made with you in mind. We have for you the heart of the church, pillow talk, good music, and present truth. Please stay with us. It's time for that segment, The Heart of the Church. Hello, welcome once again to your program, The Heart of the Church. We are so thankful to God we can meet like this every day to study His Word. My name is Emmanuel Laye, and I want to welcome our friends to help us do this. Gloria Osaibafu. Franco Please, you're so welcome to the studio. And thank you so much for coming every time to help us. We're going to look at some more characters, as we mentioned yesterday, Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar, and even the city Babylon, to see how we're going to understand scripture from these perspectives. And a lot of archaeological findings are proven that Bible is accurate with this fast. Like in 2007, we had a scholar from the University of Vienna and uh, who found out something related to the king Nebuchadnezzar, I think. And uh, I think there's another name, um, Nebuchadnezzar, who was one of the officials in Nebuchadnezzar's days. It's recorded in Jeremiah, actually. So this goes to buttress that fact that the Bible is factual and it's true. And archaeology has found some things that the Bible has spoken about. Maybe you can give us some more insights with the book of Daniel, for example, uh, uh, Gloria, can you give us some more insight into what book of Daniel can, I mean, we found out also from book of Daniel. That according to God's word, um, Daniel 1.8, yes. though in exile, Daniel purposed in his heart that he wouldn't defile himself with the food and then the wine from the king's court. And that attitude was as a result of what he had learned from the past and he had developed that character and we know the outcome in Daniel 4, 34, 37, that he excelled, he and his friends, they excelled so much so that he was elevated to that position of a governor. And because he was so resolute in God's word and in, in obeying the will of God, it even got to the point that a whole Nebuchadnezzar was converted through Daniel's actions. Yeah. The book of Jesus, as we mentioned again, and you know, he had a son and the dynasty continued. I wanted to expand on that, still looking at what Bible has brought out from these historical facts. Okay. We, we all do know and accept from history that there has been a town or a city called Babylon. But we know that this Babylon is a great city, was a great city, and indeed it was more or less established by Nebuchadnezzar and Nebuchadnezzar. Now, the description that the Bible has given about the book, uh, the city Babylon, that is exactly what archaeologists are finding. For instance, they tell us that that city was very big. It had more than 300 temples. It also had uh, double walls of 12, I mean 22 feet thick. Then this wall was also gated with 12 um, eight gates now one of them which is the gate of Easter has been found 
in some one German um, it has been excavated uh -huh, by Germans and then they have reconstructed this in one of their museums okay. so all this confirmed that some of these things have happened and they give us more evidence to the fact that these historical facts that we identify they really existed in biblical times and then as we go on Daniel chapter 7 verse 4 maybe Gloria can read it for us briefly as we go to the question there the first was like a lion and had eagle wings I watched till his wings were plucked off in relation to uh, the symbol uh -huh. uh, of Babylon the kingdom of Babylon being predicted as a lion with eagle rings uh -huh. and it's we are told that it conforms directly with the symbol of the Babylonian kingdom which is what's a lion that's now discoveries have proved that the lion has be as is proven as the uh, symbol for the Babylonian kingdom that's they have been proof that an image of a huge lion pouncing on a man was found during excavations okay. and then the Ishtar gates is lined with images of 120 lions depicting to us that the Bible doesn't even lie uh -huh. when it comes to depicting symbols of uh, uh, kingdoms that were prophesied in the work Thank of God. Thank you so much. So then comes the character of Daniel, which I want us to go back to. Daniel chapter 1, verse uh, 8. And I want us to conclude that with us. So briefly, Daniel purposed in his heart uh, what he purposed, so to speak. What should be our attitude as we also go through these ar ar archaeological findings, which are proving the Bible does speak the truth? So now the Bible is history. The most important thing is that we are able to apply some of these historical aspects to our lives. Now we see that when Daniel purposed that he would remain faithful, God rewarded him. He gained favor from God and we have a lot of illustrations to that. Therefore, his faithfulness was rewarded. In our case, then it means that if you also remain faithful, you will also be rewarded. But then, before we can remain faithful, it takes a conscious effort just the same way as Daniel did. He purposed. So we also need to take conscious efforts and make the necessary commitment in order for us to achieve some of these things as in the case of Daniel. Thank you so much. And our dear listener, we are at the end of another session of our program. We've seen Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar and Babylon and how we are relating these things to the understanding of scripture. We'll be coming your way tomorrow to look at the historical Jesus. And uh, I think with that, we have another interesting study to come up with. Until we come your way again tomorrow, as we said, with the historical Jesus. Stay blessed. Hello, listener out there. Welcome to our program, Pillow Talk. I know you love this program. The last time we came your way with some interesting topics. And we thank you for your support and the contributions. Today too, we have come your way with a very interesting topic as well. And to help me to discuss this topic, I have my ABLE panel members. I would like you to know them. They will introduce themselves to you. Then after that, we will continue with the discussion. Panel members, you are welcome to Pillow Talk. Thank you. Thank you for your time. It's not easy getting you, but you have made it possible to be here. I would like my listener there to also know you. So starting from my left, I want you to introduce yourselves. 
Thank you. I am Patience Amatando. Madam Patience is a pastor's wife. I'm Ajoa Jemfua Boatin. And I'm also Jumayuma Adua upon Efriye. Thank you very much, panel members, once again for your time. As I said, the topic is premarital sex. Very interesting topic, I know, and very common one. But we want our listener there to understand what premarital sex is, what normally drives people into this premarital sex. Is there any dangers, any problems that one can encounter? Then we'll look at the preventions that we can give to the listener out there. So I will begin with Madame Ajua. When we talk about premarital sex, what is it? Thank you. Premarital sex is sexual activity before marriage or sex outside the confines of marriage. When the sexual activity occurs between two people who are not married, it is known as fornication. When it occurs between a married person and someone who is not married, it is known as adultery. But basically, sex before marriage is premarital sex. Okay, so you have made us understand that uh, premarital sex basically is when you involve yourself in sexual activity before you get married. Alright, thank you for that one. Um, Miss Opong, what normally drive people into this premarital sex? In other words, what are the causes? So that our parents there who are listening to us will really take note of these things even as they stay with their kids at home. Um, okay, thank you. Um, I'll say that what causes an individual to in- indulge in premarital sex, one main would be the individual himself, him or herself, so okay. peer pressure. Yeah. So when the person gets pressure from the peers that if you, everybody's doing it, okay. if you don't do it, then it's like you are not worth it or you are inferior among the groups that oh, okay. you are in. So it pushes the person to, to then go, go in it. for oh, it. Okay, so peer pressure is one, peer of, the, pressure is one um, of the causes. Patience, if you can just add something to it. Sometimes, too, when they, there's a lack of parental care. Oh, all right. People just roam about. That's where the peer pressure comes, comes in. in. When parents are not in good terms with their children, they tend to listen to their peers. Okay. And also, there are at times certain areas, it's like a culture. Everybody is doing it. And therefore, I have to also do it. As Madame Jimama said, yes. if you don't do it, you are seen like an inferior person, yeah. which is wrong. Yeah. Oh, okay. Auntie Ajua, please, do you want to add something yeah, to the Yeah, watching courses? pornographic mate- um, materials, okay. reading pornographic materials can also Cause lead somebody to do that. Yeah. Do any one of us want to add something on um, I also think that financial constraints. Okay. Some younger people, when their family don't have enough finances okay. to support them, then they tend to people who are working who mm-hmm. can so that they get support from them exactly to go to school to feed themselves and sometimes even their family also benefits from this premarital wow, sex that's yeah. the child is involved okay. so it becomes a very huge issue okay. that affects so that comes to buttress what madame patient said care, parental yes. care yes it comes to buttress that one thank you very much um there is also this um misconception about premarital sex that if you don't do it, this that I think that's what you said you are inferior. Yes. Can we add other things, other misconceptions that people have in these premarital sex apart from people seeing you as inferior? Any other misconceptions, maybe yeah. Auntie Ajua? Yeah, some feel that they need to engage in premarital sex to know whether they will be compatible okay. with their spouses, uh-huh. and that is wrong oh, because is wrong. you don't know how many people you'll be sleeping with before you get married. Hey, but that is also important too. If you don't know, <laughs> so that means you sleep with 20 people. Oh, okay, that is, then, if you yeah, don't find this person compatible, it's, it's, it's you look wrong. for another person, and it's wrong. It's wrong, madam. You want to add something, and people to that. also say that uh, you have to test just as you are buying 
buying a car, you have to test the car. Oh, before you know, <laughs> forgetting that you are not an object. You are not an So you that, that also drives other people to people into, to into the premarital sex. They think they have to try find out what it is before they actually go in. Others also think that uh, if you don't practice on your wedding night, you you look awkward. Oh, okay. You disgrace yourself. Mm. So they think they have to practice outside marriage. You will not know. You will not know the styles and other things that you need to, you know, bring 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 on board, and which is also wrong. All right. Um, our listener out there, I think you are following us. Our panel members are trying to help us to understand what premarital sex is. They have delved into what normally drives people into doing these things. Parental control, if you listen to them, is one of the factors. Financial constraints, as Ms. Opon said. And other things, as Madame Patricia Ospatian said, that people think that they will feel awkward and therefore they involve themselves in this premarital sex. I would like us to go into the effect of it. The effect of this premarital sex. I, I want to start with you, Miss Opon. Um, for the effects, I would say generally we would have physical effects, we would have physiological effects, oh, okay. and we have psychological oh, effects. So, so, so we would have to yes. So for physical effects, yes. I will talk about physical effects. Okay. Uh, usually, uh, physical effects. So you would be putting yourself at risk for so many um sexually infectious diseases or infections because uh, it's possible that you're not even aware of let's say the use of condom to okay. avoid yourself from getting mm-hmm. this and you are indulging in the act with several people you are putting yourself at risk okay. and for females too since you are young your canal is also small okay. so when you are indulging in let's say an adult you might even have some okay. tears okay. so that's a physical damage to your vaginal that you canal. really experience with yes, your body okay auntie Adua, you want to add something to the effect okay so it can also lead to pregnancy unwanted uh, one unwanted of pregnancy yeah. and unwanted pregnancy can make you drop out of school okay. can delay your marriage uh-huh. okay and it can even break your marriage oh. subsequent marriages okay. that you all right, Madam Patience, you want to add something? One, one more thing I want to add is uh, when you indulge yourself in premarital sex, yeah. there's a danger that when you finally settle with one okay. man, you try to compare your mm. previous experience. Oh, yes. And it's because we are practicing mm. unfaithfulness uh, yeah. in yeah, marriage. Yeah. Thank you very much, panel members. Um, so soon our time is drawing to an end, but we haven't finished with this topic. Uh, I can assure you we will come your way and try to continue. You wanted to add something, Madam Jimama. Yes, you can add. Yeah, I also wanted to add up to what uh, Madam Patience was saying. In the psychological effect, you've had sexual encounter with several people. And it's possible that you you might be attached to one of them. So if it doesn't work out to marriage, Mm -hmm. then you might also feel a certain way that you're just guilty of you've slept with all these people and none of them worked, you are still single. So it could really affect you psychologically. And some people might even go through depression and other states wow, which isn't nice. helpful yes oh, okay so it, it means that it has you know health implications as yes, well and therefore we have to be very careful mm-hmm. Adam, i want to add the last one okay um when you go through this mm-hmm. it might also make you not trust anybody because okay. you had sexual intercourse before marriage mm-hmm. so you might think that your husband can also cheat on you yeah. with another person so you can have trust issues kind of here conscience will yes. also be worrying you all the time and therefore trust can be affected so as i said we haven't finished with the topic 
but our time is up for now and therefore we will come your way another time and continue with this interesting topic premarital sex i hope you are listening to us you are following us and if you are a parent out there I hope you are also following us so that you know your role to play. We will come back. If you don't really know, we will come back and, you know, discuss about what our roles are as parents. We will come back and therefore we will know what to do so that we will help our walls not to go into this premarital sex. Once again, it has been the program Pillow Talk. And my panel members once again have been Madame Jimama Opon, Madame Ajua and Saint Dubuatin, and Madame Patience Amatanda, who is also a pastor's wife. Your host, Matilda Obintre. This is Pillow Talk. Thank you for listening to us. Oh Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder Consider all The worlds thy hands have made I see the stars I hear the rolling thunder Thy power throughout The universe displayed then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee How great thou art, how great thou art Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee another segment for you and that is present truth i greet you all in the mighty name of jesus 
This is Present Truth with your pastor, Charles Echamfodia. Shall we bow down our heads and go to the Lord in prayer? O oh, Father in heaven, the creator of the universe, we thank you for this day. We are about to listen to your word. We ask that you speak so that we hear your voice. In Jesus' name, Amen. The caption for today's sermon is What are you doing with John's head? What are you doing with John's head? Let's read Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all other things shall be added unto you. Dear friend, what are you seeking in your life? What do you want in your life? What have you been trying to get in your life? The Bible says you should first seek the kingdom of God and other things shall be added. But many of us are now craving for worldly things. Worldly pleasures are we now craving for. Are you seeking for the kingdom of God and its righteousness? That is what I want you to look for. There is a story in Matthew chapter 14 verse 3 downwards which talks about John who had been put in prison because he told Herod that Herod you have married your brother's wife Herodian your brother Philip died and you have married her it is not right so John told him you shouldn't do that some of us when we are confronted with our evil deeds we become annoyed we don't want people to tell us of our wrongs. We always want to be praised, even when we are at fault. Herod was annoyed. He decided to do something to John, but he couldn't, because he knew John was a prophet. It got to a time that he was having his birthday, and the daughter of Herodias came, and she danced. So Herod told her that, what do you want from me? Ask and I will give. The daughter went home and informed the mother that this is what my dad says I should ask. She came back and the mother told her, go and request for John's head. She went, she requested for, and Herod went and chopped off the head of John and killed him. They put it on a plate and she brought it back home to the mother. My friend, this story that I've just said, it is about you. Many of us are requesting so many things in our lives that are not necessary. Many of us are into so many things that are not necessary in our lives. What are you using John's head for? Herodias requested for John's head. The daughter requested for it. But what, what was she going to use it for? Many of us have requested for so many things in our lives that are not needed. You have requested for fornication. You are fornicating with a man. You are fornicating with that woman that you have not married. You, a married man, going down so low to 
have extramarital affairs? Is it not shameful? What are you using it for? What are you using it for? You have requested for John's head and you are not going to use it for anything. Friend, what are you using it for? You become annoyed and people are not able to stand before you. What are you using that John's head for? You are not going to send it to heaven. Friend, come to Jesus. Come to Jesus and he will save you. What are you using John's head for? May the Lord help you so that anything that has come your way, that you think is not good for you, 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 you desist from it and you come to Jesus. May the Lord bless you and be with you. Don't use, ask, request for John's head, but request for Jesus to come your way. Shall we pray? Father Lord, we don't want John's head anymore, but we want you to come our way. Continue to bless us and be with us in Jesus' name. Amen. We would like to hear from you. So call us on the number plus 233-5015-61849 plus 233-5015-61849. You can also email us at the address AdventistWorldRadioGH at gmail.com AdventistWorldRadioGH at gmail.com you can also write a letter to us using the postal address Adventist World Radio Ghana, Northern Ghana Union Mission of Adventists, P.O. Box KS17564, Edum Kumase, Ghana, West Africa. For AWR Ghana, I am Bell. May God bless you. AWR Ghana. Voice of hope. Voice of hope.